the Tag Digital Squadcast. Hello and welcome to the Squadcast, a podcast by Tag Digital that aims to keep you up to date with the latest developments in event PPC marketing. I'm Jamie. And I'm Johnny, and together we make up one of the many squads that work on event PPC campaigns here at Tag Digital. In this 10-episode series, we will cover various key topics surrounding the event PPC landscape, as well as discussing the latest market tips and trends. Yep, that's correct. And in this week's episode, Johnny and I will be discussing the individual elements that make event campaigns different to any other form of PPC activity. So let's dive in. First off, I don't know about you, Johnny, but when I think about the main differences between event PPC and standard PPC, the one thing that immediately comes to my mind is the fact that the majority of event PPC projects that we run are often split into two phases. So XPROM, that's your exhibitor promotion, obviously, and VizPROM, um, that's your visitor promotion. Um, and more importantly, the fact that each of these campaign types requires a slightly different strategy or approach, I would say, in order to achieve each individual goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think one thing that's important to remember for each individual goal, um, we can't run XPROM and VizPROM at the same time. Um, so on your search campaign, so on Google and on Bing, we'd be running the same or very similar keywords um, across the XPROM and the VizPROM campaigns. And that's also the case for um, for the social campaigns, so on Facebook and LinkedIn, the audiences would be similar, not always identical, um, but they would have some similarities and that could lead to some overlap. So we just need to make sure that we're not running XPROM and VizPROM at the same time. Um, in terms of which would we run first, we would always say to run XPROM campaigns first. And that's just down to the decision-making time. So it's more of a considered decision to exhibit at an event as opposed to just visiting an event. Um, there's the planning and preparation that goes into exhibiting at an event as well. So we'd always say run them XPROM campaigns first. And then once the XPROM campaigns have finished, maybe 12 weeks out from the event, we can run the, the VizPROM campaigns. And another thing it's important to remember is we need to use different messaging um, across XPROM and VizPROM. Just to differentiate the two campaigns, obviously the call to action is going to be different. Um, so, for example, on an XROM campaign, the call to action is going to be book your stand, um, inquire about exhibiting, things like that. And then on the visiting side of things on VizPROM, it's going to be registered to attend or book your ticket. Um, so we need to make sure that the messaging matches up with the campaign objective. Yeah, definitely. And I think another way that it's it's that we can differentiate our audiences, it's one thing that I think is crucial is that we have a correct conversion action associated to each campaign type. So um, for VizProm, that would be Visitor Reg, and for XProm, that would be uh, Book a Stand, for example. And the reason we do that is so that we can let uh, Google's machine learning or Facebook machine learning um, find the correct users within our audiences. Like you say, the the keywords we are targeting are very similar or pretty much the exact same. So um, by assigning the correct conversion action to our campaigns, um, Google will use its machine learning or Facebook um, to to kind of highlight the correct users within our audience of those keywords or that certain targeting to then optimise towards accordingly. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to get uh, your opinion on Jamie was campaign end dates 
So I know that you've got previous experience in running campaigns on a more rolling month-to-month basis. So I'm just curious to see how you've found running event PPC campaigns where we have a set start date, a set end date, and we need to pace the budget to spend over a number of days, maybe slightly differently. Yeah, 100%. So having come from a background where we would run campaigns where budgets would kind of run on more of a month-to-month basis where you could carry budget across or spend more if necessary due to kind of seasonality and things like that, um, you know, things were a bit more flexible for me in that way, but it was definitely a bit of a learning curve dealing with how event PPC campaigns have a set start and end date, like you say, because it means we have to spend a designated budget within a designated time frame. So, um, you know, th- this is one of the main challenges, I would say, of event PPC for sure. So we need the start and the end dates to be realistic, and that will give us enough time to spend the budget that we have available. So we'd usually recommend a 12-week campaign um, for Visprom, for example. Um, But on the other hand, it's also important to remember that the budget needs to be realistic for the duration of the campaign and taking things like target reach into account. And so we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, That kind of brings us nicely onto what I wanted to discuss next. So one of the major learning curves that I, I dealt with when starting to run event PPC campaigns was, you know, how to pace spend so that we're spending budget efficiently within the start and end dates. Um, from my experience, the spend curve for most standard PPC campaigns tends to be quite steady throughout a month, perhaps kind of peaking slightly each weekend for you know e-commerce-based campaigns or you know, B, more B2C and um, during the week for kind of more B2B campaigns. But for events, I've noticed that the spend curve is kind of completely different to anything else I've, I've worked with. Yeah, that's correct. So um, Xpron spend curve, for example, that's quite similar to your typical spend curve. So that would be just a consistent spend throughout the course of the campaign. With Visprom, we tend to spend the majority of the budget in the final four to six weeks. Um, and that's an industry-wide trend. Um, and that's just due to the increase in demand for the event in the final um, month, month and a half leading into the event. And it's just where the majority of the conversions will come in. And that's not just in PPC, that's across um, all channels and all marketing efforts. Yeah, um, I think we have to take into consideration as well when it comes to pacing and setting daily budgets at kind of the early stages of the campaign. We don't want to be kind of caught too short or be limited by budget because we've spent too much too soon. Um, obviously, there are a few exceptions when it comes to things like this. It's... Uh, you know, dealing with things like price breaks or early bird deals. But again, you know, this is something we have to, you know, deal with and plan ahead with when it comes to, you know, dealing with event PPC. It's very kind of different in that way. Uh, There are a a few more different or more unique kind of peaks in budget or spend curves and things like that. But one thing I just, that I would highlight really is, yes, the majority of that budget is spent within the final four to six weeks um, so you don't want to, you know, you need to really take that into consideration. You don't want to spend far too much too soon and be caught short. So sticking with the topic of main challenges that are unique to event PPC campaigns, um, one of the main things that we've identified is that on average around 50% of pre-registered visitors that are driven from PPC activity 
don't end up actually attending the event. So this tends to be mostly for free reg events, obviously. For paid events, um, that's going to be slightly different. There are plenty of strategies that we use across social to try and limit this percentage. But what can we do from a search perspective? Yeah, sure. So like you say, um, it's a bit of an ongoing battle that we have in the world of event PPC, but it's worth noting that even though on average 50% of those pre-reg visitors don't show up, it doesn't necessarily mean that these users were not qualified in the first place. It's just the nature of the beast, really, of the industry, and that's how humans have behaved for years. Um, so one of the main ways that, you know, from a search point of view, um, to combat this is through what we call uh, the use of a conversion campaign. And I know that you use those across social as well, Johnny, but, um, you know, this is where we, a conversion campaign does is where we use remarketing campaigns to re-engage with users who have previously converted. Um, and we use sort of reminder-based messaging really. So, um, that's things like book your travel, download the app, check the schedule, things like that. So ideally, we want to pair these um, messages with conversion actions that are appropriate so that we can use um, you know, Google's smart bidding or machine learning. Um, and But on top of that, it also allows us to attribute back uh, value to the campaign. So um, conversions that work really well for these sorts of, um, or conversion actions that work really well for these conversion campaigns are things like app downloads, uh, they they work really well, but obviously not everybody has an app for their event. Um, but also things like schedule downloads or just check the program, so you can, again, you can get some like lead gen information from that as well. But also just kind of, it really really helps increase the kind of attendance rate of your events if you run these sort of, um, remarketing based activities towards probably the last couple of weeks of your campaign just to make sure, reengage with those users who may perhaps drop off, who may have forgotten, especially if it's a free reg event, um, like you say. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we do on Facebook is we'll run our conversion campaigns. Um, obviously, the audience is just remarketing to converted users, and then we'll optimize them for either link clicks or landing page views. So link clicks is just uh, a click from a Facebook ad uh, straight onto the uh, it's just optimizing for the for the click and then for landing page views that's optimizing for um, slightly more intent so it's somebody that clicks on the ad and then has a look on the landing page and stays on the landing page for a certain period of time um there's just one kind of final point i'd like to touch upon before we kind of round up the pod for this week but it's and it's to do with cpa so that's cost per acquisition uh, as with most PPC campaigns at TAG, we can attract CPA as one of our main metrics. However, one major difference I've noticed about tracking CPA in events PPC versus other forms of PPC is the fact that your CPA will always start quite high and only really start to kind of significantly decrease within the last two to three weeks. You know, this is kind of, of course due to the mass influx of conversions that we tend to see in the final stages of the campaign, like like we've touched upon previously, but. Uh, you know, in comparison to other campaign types, so just standard PPC really, or e-commerce PPC, if you aren't hitting your target CPA within a few weeks of campaign launch, then most people would either reevaluate strategy or you know pull completely, um, as it's as often seen as a loss. However, there is definitely an element of like kind of trust in the process when it comes to events PPC. I feel, um, don't know if you feel the same, but uh, if you do, why do you think that is? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I think. That's probably because of the funnel approach that we use on our campaigns. So 
Um, it's mostly awareness-based content in the early stages. So that's the top of the funnel and middle of the funnel. Um, in terms of social, the top of the funnel is, is things like interests targeting, uh, job titles targeting. Um, it's quite broad audiences. Um, they can be narrower, but we tend to leave them quite broad. Um, and that's just for awareness and try and get the reach as large as possible. Um, and then the middle of the funnel is uh, our lookalike audiences. So they're just created from data sources. So that might be data lists or email lists that you've got, um, or possibly the remarketing, like web remarketing lists. They always work really well as lookalike audiences. Um, I know across... Um, across the Google activity, top of the funnel and middle of the funnel, they're slightly different, aren't they? Yeah, so um, across Google, we probably, we wouldn't refer to it really as top of the funnel, but that is technically top of the funnel. We would run a lot of, um, in the early stages of the campaign, we'd run a lot of display activity. So that tends to be more of an awareness-based channel um, that doesn't, it's great for spread and reach, but it's not so great for, you know, converting users. So, um, to do to build those kind of display audiences, we would use a variety of things really. So we'd use custom intent audiences primarily. Um, that we would maybe put top of the funnel keywords in there or middle of the funnel keywords mostly, um, and that basically uses those audiences as a seed to then, you know, build awareness and build new data um, that we're then adding into the funnel at the very top of the funnel. So I guess it's all about just nurturing. Um, those people through the funnel and again that's why we maybe see um, these users converting later on in, in the in the process because we've taken them from that kind of awareness stage all the way through to conversion and um, but yeah the, the audiences themselves they do look a lot different to or not a lot different slightly different to to the ones across uh, social but they do the same thing yeah, so towards the end of that funnel, um, obviously we've we've had the top of the funnel and middle of the funnel, that's more awareness-based stuff. Um, bottom of the funnel and brand on search is where, th this is where most of our conversions come um, closer to the event date. And that's just because um, users who are either typing in them, them keywords, uh, search terms, or who are in our remarketing audiences on social, um, they're just very brand aware. They're aware of the event. They're aware of the dates. Um, they are just looking to convert. Um, so bottom of the funnel and, and brand is the reason that the CPA reduces so much during the final two to three weeks um, and the reason that most of the conversions come in then as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just about kind of, you know having that element of trust that the CPA will come down um, we just need to, you know, let the funnel do its job. So get the users in who are not aware of the brand, not aware of the event, get them in early. So, you know, the first week of the of the 12-week process is going to be primarily building new data and focusing on new data. We don't expect much return, like I said, but, um, you know, we just need to trust that the funnel will do its job. So they'll, we'll either bring these users back via remarketing activity later on or, you know, we'll we'll push them back even further down with bottom of the funnel keywords, and then maybe eventually convert them with brand, or maybe the bottom of the funnel was more than enough to convert them. So, um, yeah, I think it's like like I say, it's just definitely trusting the process, or and just giving that element of trust 
uh, that the CPA will come down. So I think that brings us to the end of this week's pod. I think we've covered a fair bit about the individual elements that make event campaigns different to any other form of PPC activity. I think the main takeaway for me, really, is to ensure that you're always wary of start and end dates and manage your budget accordingly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just important to keep in mind the kind of majority of your conversions and budget will be spent in that last four to six week period of the campaign. So really make sure that you take that into consideration when planning things like pacing and um, things like that. Yeah, so what's on the cards for next week then? So next week we're going to be talking about all things XPROM. So we'll be taking a much more detailed look at exhibitor promotion campaigns and discussing best practices as well as a few tips and tricks. Excellent, can't wait. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first instalment of the Squadcast. If you have any questions about anything that Jamie or I have discussed, then feel free to drop us an email on either johnny at tagdigital.co.uk or jamie at tagdigital.co.uk and we'll get back to you there. Or we've got a contact us form on the website, so that's tagdigital.co.uk and you can get in touch that way as well. Definitely. Looking forward to the next one already. See you then, mate. See you then.